This is CliffCentral.com. This Future CEO's conversation is brought to you by Careers24. Careers24.com. Get a career you can be proud of. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Let's get the show on the road. Yes. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> so that lovely lady over there is my co-host on Future CEOs. So very, very quickly, because we want to make sure we start on time here. So Future CEO is a non-profit that was started two and a half years ago. But one of the things that we like to be able to do and offer is insight into what is going to help fast-track careers, build businesses. Today we're here talking about careers. My name is Gareth Armstrong. Kluby and Boyer Arnold is star. So I actually just work the desk on <laughs> Cliff Central. You'll see some of our, our branding. And then finally, just very, very quickly, Careers24, they've got some great, interesting new offerings coming along. They're our sponsor today. They're fantastic partners. We want this to be interactive. We're going to have a roaming mic. We will open it up to questions. Put your hand up. We'll get the mic to you, and then we'll have a discussion. This is an open forum. You're just not allowed to throw anything at us. Okay? <laughs> no throwing. Yes, please, no throwing. Yeah. Okay, so, Flubi, do you want to do a little bit of introducing why we are here, what we are going to be talking about in this session? Okay, now hopefully you guys and girls will pop in every now and again because every half-hour session we're going to have different topics. So we really found throughout our research that people want to restart or recharge their passion and their purpose when in any career path, whether it's changing it, whether it's redefining it. And we always like to bring in people who have impressed us, given back in their team, in their communities and their businesses. So we're going to kickstart off with what exactly is a career path? So on my right here is Leisha. She's a career strategist. Please just say hello and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here, and I'd love to hear your questions when we get to the questions part. What does it mean to be a career strategist? So a career strategist is something that doesn't really exist in South Africa, so many of you might not have really heard of what a career strategist is, and it's an element of taking and helping people identify what their authentics are. Love it's it. not career coaching as such. Career coaching, I understand, to be creating an awareness, whereas career strategy is creating an awareness and then actualizing it, giving a specific plan, nuts and bolts, into what to do to get it. Next up is the gorgeous Roy Clark of Clarkhouse Human Capital. Tell us a little yeah. bit more about yourself. So I've had uh, multiple careers in my time. I'm a passionate human capital business enabler um, where we provide talent to various businesses. I think humans and human capital drive innovation, drive businesses. And my experience is I deal daily with a number of individuals around wanting to change their career path or go in different directions. Um, so bringing that to the table. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, and then finally, now, Kalpina. Please introduce yourself to everyone. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Kalpana. I, I'm from Accenture. My contribution today, I think, is a lot around females and how we navigate our career paths as we try to balance the many balls of home and life and motherhood and that stuff. So Wonderful. That's my contribution. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for being here with us today. Pleasure. Career. Job, profession, uh, what you do for a living, break it all down. What is it? Can we define a career? Or is it called a career in this day and age? Absolutely, it is called a career, but I think we need to define and differentiate between a career and a job. My understanding of a career is something that's much bigger, that's much more organic, that really draws on all your authentic talents. A job gives you skills, pays bills, you know, gets you into an experience, builds on your CV, so that you can start to gravitate towards what your career is. 
And then to further break that down, we almost need to clarify skills and talents. Skills, I understand and, and like to define as being that which you acquire. So we have all learned the skill of how, how to drive. Some of us are better skilled drivers than others. But our talents are what comes inherently from us. This is what gives us that amazing sense of significance, and it's our passion, and it's where our purpose, and it's the blueprint of what our destiny is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> By the way, you're allowed to be controversial. You're allowed to, uh, again, just not throwing anything. Some people in this room here that are, going, are saying, hold on, I actually don't really have talent. I don't know what Everybody my talent is. Everybody has a talent, Gareth. Everyone I'm has I'm hearing you say it, but you're going to have to maybe break it down. Well, maybe help us find out how to Can I give you an example, perhaps? Let's do that, yeah. So here's a, a CA, he's traveled through the classical financial education route, done his articles, become a CA, and he's now got a job as a financial manager. His skill is to be a financial manager. The job that he has happens to be in a department where he has to manage a lot of people. He's discovered that his talent is to dynamically engage, manage, and lead all these people, which was not what he learned when he was studying his articles, what he learned when he was analyzing spreadsheets. So as a financial manager with a CA, his skill is to manage budgets and finances, but his talent is to work with people. Now, what could happen to Boyer is that he's a successful people manager, financial manager. So he gets promoted. He sure. becomes the CFO. Now, that takes him further away from what the people management is, because the more senior you become, the less of, you know, connecting with the team sure. you're in. So then his CFO position takes him to engaging and managing people and, and really inspiring them. And he sees himself as being within this people management arena, but then being in a CFO function, he's disengaged from that. And possibly even as a CFO, he's even more disengaged from that because he has to make strategies about cutting the people count. So then he starts to reach a bit of a disconnect and he says to himself, what is my career? Am I a financial manager? Am I a CFO? What am I doing? You know what it seems? I think that uh, jobs are more than likely places that we don't want to be, you know what I mean? It's, it's about the fact that, as you said, it's a means to an end. Most of the people are unsatisfied or dissatisfied, and it's not my calling. It's not my purpose. We all want to describe ourselves as having a beautiful career. Why is it so difficult for human beings to find a career path that is unique for their own significance? I think it's, it's an interesting point, and I think if we look back at history and how things have changed, I think seven out of ten people everywhere are in a job. They're not in a career. Yeah. A job's an honorable thing to have. There's nothing wrong with having a job. We've all had a job. Jobs. No, no we're not, not knocking good, jobs. But it's not necessarily what's going to take you to your career. There are people that you know that you would know, Cal, who have resigned from their jobs or even retired from their jobs, and then they've discovered their careers. You were saying, Roy? So, so I think... The world's changing. Uh, I, I think the notion of having a career in the past, you would work in an occupation for a certain period of time. That's changed. I think you've got to go back to, so there's a split. You're either a high professional, which we've discussed in the past, where you woke up one day and you said, I'm going to be a pilot. And that drove your thinking, it drove your training, it drove your life. And that's what you will focus on. You, you, you want to be a neurosurgeon, the top neurosurgeon, you will be a specialist, that will be your career. But on the flip side, you have people who are hypocrites, who are, you know, I can do a lot of different things, I have a lot of different skills, and those people will have a number of smaller kind of jobs throughout their lifespan, mm. and they will build up a portfolio of skill sets mm. that they will map and, and kind of slot in. And I think where the world is going is that your skills are marketable now all over the world. So you'll become a kind of economic freelancer eventually, where you will go... Economic to, freelancer, like, I like where, that. Where you, where you can... Trade, trade your skills at 
the best possible price. If you can get good dollars overseas, you can get good dollars overseas. So I think it, it depends on your specialization from when you decide, am I going to be a pilot or am I going to be someone who's going to work in a bank? Because the industries are all converging, mobile, banking, tech, everything's... Sure. So, so you can't say I'm going to have a, a career in a bank because it might end up being somewhere else. Well, I mean, there's a bank that just launched their own range of smartphones. We won't mention who they are. Um, <laughs> But they've also got their own mobile network and and and. Um, We've got a question, yeah. So we'll, we'll come to you in just a moment. Let's just finish, yes, Carl, Gareth. Now, you work in an environment where people are, many of them are consultants. Yes. You, you yourself, I'm sure, are a consultant at some point or are now. 14 years. 14 years. Yeah. So I mean, you, you relate to what Roy is saying. Absolutely. Consulting is a top force and the type of career where you end up doing very many different things. And what I found over time is that. A career is, you know, it's not like you wake up in the morning and I'm going to be a pilot. And yes. That after, now for me, after 14 years, I look back and I'm like, wow, that actually is a career. Yes. Because when you're in the job or when you're in the moment, you don't realize that everything that you're building up to something that's going to be Good amazing point. in a Good few point. years' time. And maybe it's a generation thing, but I think mm. with the younger generation now, there's this almost impatience that it has to be clear. I must know where I'm going mm. and the path clear. Mm. And honestly, after 14 years, mm. I don't think it's always that clear. Well, no. is it clear for you right now? It's not. It, it it's not. I don't as, think it's for any of us. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's also your, your journey changes. I think as a female, and I'm seeing females lots of ages, as, as a new wife or as a new mum, your, your focus around your personal self and what is important changes over time. And so... What you want out of your career will also change. I love time. that. I love yeah. that. You know what? I started off as Nandipa on Isidengo. So my, my hours were crazy and as a freelancer still but at the same time as Kalpina said I'm doing so many different kind of jobs and it's placing me for a greater path for the next journey of my life. So the concept of 9 to 5 especially for entrepreneurs is null and void because we work when people are sleeping. Time is money for us you know what I mean? So 9 to 5 job in this day and age what does that mean? Is it still existing? And does that make you somebody who has a definite career and somebody who doesn't work the nine to five? What does he call those people? Let's start so with you. Absolutely. I think the nine to five does exist because it's the way in which many of us work in terms of industries and structures and so forth. But there is a huge trend towards creating mobility, being able to, as Roy said, trade your time and work internationally because of the technology that's available to us. So the concept of 9 to 5 I do think is going to change in the new world of work. It's definitely something that's coming. But the reality of working within an organization, a 9 to 5 job, that's great. I don't think we must knock it. I think sometimes a trend of being, I want to freelance, I want to consult, I, don't, you know, I want to have my own hours is fantastic. But yeah. there are many different sacrifices that one has to make to get there. And working within an environment of 9 to 5 and that has, has great benefits. If you're enjoying your work and if you're really being able to pull on your talents and your skills, because I'm going to keep coming back to that, because your skills are what you're going to learn and what will continue to move you forward, and your talents are those things that you're going to discover when you do the process of different mm. jobs that you have that you realize you really enjoy doing. And those are those special, wonderful golden nuggets that you're going to polish and refine and will connect you to amazing opportunities. I appreciate the fact that you would bring up the point of mustn't downplay careers and the value of careers because there's all these vogue terms and vogue words out there, and I'm sure many people will relate. Um, and it seems like we, we mustn't ever diminish anyone else's desire in any other way. And we do do that on an ongoing yes, basis. Yeah. Yes. Shall we go to the question? Yes. In today's day and age, being a jack of all trades and a master of none, 
Is it viable in today's industry, in today's job market? I think it's about creating a solid grounding. Be generalist enough and to start moving mm. towards your speciality and what gets you up every morning, what drives you, what's your passion, what's your interest. Mm. Is it in product development? Is it in marketing? So I don't think there's anything wrong with being a high potential because it can, mm. you can reinvent yourself consistently. I love that. You can relearn your that. skills to, to take you into a new direction. The number one reason people give to me why they want to leave an organization or leave a, a job or, or where they are is because they feel there's no opportunity or no chance to grow. So you as an individual mm. need to take the honest upon yourself if you are high potential and reinvent yourself and grab those opportunities yourself and make those opportunities happen. So, so I just want to jump in here. So the difference between the, the high professional and the high potential is the ability to reinvent yourself? If you're a high high professional, let's call you a a neurosurgeon, you have a strong medical background and understanding, but your speciality is neurosurgery. That's what you will do and you will be good at. If I'm having a neurosurgeon work on me, I don't want him dabbling in anything else. Correct. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But if I'm the CEO of a large bank and I've got leaders coming up, wouldn't I want those potential CEOs to have worked in product, mm. in marketing, in human resources, and that's the high potential where you're reinventing yourself the whole time. Hel, just talk to us about your journey. Have you had to reinvent yourself a few times? Yes, indeed. So I think the, the reinvention point I agree with completely because if you're not reinventing yourself, either depending on the industry that you're in, but the industry that you're in is going to change. Technology has changed the world. Economics has changed the world. Social, just social has changed the world. So if you're not reinventing yourself, I think you, you're definitely on that path to be non-marketable in, in the industry. Yes, or, yes. And, and then the second point is, I think, a lot around attitude. So being able to reinvent yourself, you need to have that attitude that the way I am now is different in two years' time and in five years' time. And, and you've like, got to be comfortable with that, right? There are phases. There are always phases yeah. in all of our lives. <laughs> because, you know, you learn, you grow, and you know, you know what to stand for and what to let go. Like, I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm joking. So, yeah, on. I don't know why I <laughs> So we do grow and we do change, and we have to shift, yeah. especially being women. No, absolutely. I just wanted to say something of what um, Roy is saying. No, you're not in trouble. <laughs> I think we have to be careful to categorize and label people or ourselves as high potential. We all have high potentials, whether we've chosen a classical educational route or whether we've just kind of gotten to a job, enjoyed our skills and mm. continued to grow. So we all have high potential and it's the challenge is how to recognize that. And I think that's really the high potential person in my eyes, the person who doesn't necessarily have better skills than someone else, but they know what their skills and talents are. They're able to recognize them and they're able to marry them to move them forward into something that's authentically rewarding for them. Very nice, very nice. And to go back to your question, it's all, it's, you know, it's not really a career path. It's not about climbing a ladder and going up a one next, one rung. It's a checkerboard of moving through your career. Love that. So gone are the days of I'm going to go up. That's it's a checkered, a bit of a jungle gym to the left, to the right, up, down, mm. maybe two steps back, maybe five steps forward. And mm. that's really what talks to being multiple skilled, being a generalist, having a lot of different talents and skills. So I just want to ask how many, and let's raise our hands, who is unsatisfied they are currently in their career or their job? I'm going to say that the rest of you that aren't putting your hands up are liars because you, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you unsatisfied? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about that afterwards. <laughs> Let's ask the question then. 
How do I know when I'm on the right career path or on the wrong career path? Most of you will probably say it's a feeling, it's a frustration. No, I think you're spot on. I think it's a gut feeling that you have inside of you, that when you wake up, it's not there. So it th- could be indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> Too much curry the night <laughs> So look, I think there's, there's, there's a few things that need to kind of be in alignment for you to feel like you're on the right career path. Sure. For me, fundamentally, like you need to feel in your gut of who you are inside, that your values and your beliefs and the work that you do every day and the things that are most important are in alignment. So what I'm asking for is almost for the magical stars to be aligned because that doesn't happen every day for sure. most people. But yeah. I think you, you get that feeling when your passion is not aligned with what you're doing every day. I think you, you know, and I've had, I think everybody would have had this along their, their working path where you just, you know that you're not heading in the right direction. And I think to, to get yourself back, you really need to ask yourself, what is it that you're passionate about? What is mm. it that you really want to do? Mm. Uh, the, the natural thing that you're talking the, about. Those the talent, natural the, talents. The talent exactly. element. And, and think, are you leveraging them? I think passion can be a hard question to ask. And sometimes it's like... We don't like oh, the word passion, by the way. How uh, do I know what my passion is? If I'm, if, I'm not in, if I'm not enjoying my work, how can I identify my passion? So sometimes you need to just go a little bit a step before that and just ask yourself, what am I interested in? Yeah. What's my attention? Mm. When it's late at night, I'm exhausted. What one topic or one idea or one thought Get just excited. wakes me up? That is, if I follow my interest, I'm going to find my passion. And then you're kind of trying to balance what is your passion versus what is your financial requirement. Right? Correct. Exactly. I'm Correct. passionate about Indian dancing, but Correct. I'm not going to make a good financial Absolutely. career. Well, which, which is my mission, everybody, is money everything. You know what? I've got a lot of passions. I'm good at a lot of things. I do do that. But sometimes it doesn't make me pay my bills and I want to start a family. But the bucks yes. are not and it equalizing it. So what do we do then, Roy? Yeah, I've got an interesting story. I started banking, and I remember sitting with my director at the time, and I said to him, you know, like, kind of not feeling I'm on the right level of salary grade here. Yeah, man. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> not feeling that. Right. Right. <laughs> and he was like, Roy, it's not about the money. And I was like, it's easy when you are a director and you're probably on about 1.8 million rand, hey. and I'm struggling to pay for parking every month. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, that was many years ago, but it stuck with me. And I think, in my personal opinion, people who are the most unhappy are the people driven by money. Because at the end of the day... Can you repeat that for everybody to hear, please, Roy? That's a great point. In my personal <laughs> opinion, the people who are the most unhappy are the people driven by money. If you're taking a job purely for monetary reasons, you could probably cope for a year or two, but eventually you'll start splitting and your, the reasons for being there will start splitting apart. Alicia, will you disagree? I think Roy has a valid point there, but it's not necessarily all about the money in terms of people taking positions that have well-paid salary. I Correct. Think we're motivated no, no, but if I'm levels. saying if that's the only reason... That's the only reason, absolutely. No, you will but if it's a job, it's, it's going to pay you well, and that's part of a strategy that's going to move you somewhere else, then oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's then you've got to be prepared to accept the consequences of getting yourself out of that job in two or three years' time before that job occupies you and completely takes you to a point that you're not happy with. And we'll talk about some career strategy in just a moment because there is a a certain strategy involved in every career. You must look at it in in phases versus just this one linear linear path. But let's go to the question that we have. My name is Deval. Deval, welcome. How do you take your underdeveloped talent and turn that into a skill to advance yourself? 
Nice question. My definition of skill is that they're two completely separate things. So skill is what you acquire and you learn and you, you're good at it. And talent is something that you have inside of you. That it's just, innate. It's innate. It's, it's, it's what sparks you and keeps you alive and so forth. So your talent's not necessarily going to become your skill and your skill's not necessarily going to become your talent. And I think if you can compartmentalize those as such. So on a piece of paper, write down all the things that you've learned that you're good at. I've learned through my you know, qualifications and work things that you really enjoy doing. Now, that might not look like a talent. Mm. I like Latin dancing or, or so forth. It, you know, <laughs> there's something else there. You've got to, you know, the talent is a harder, fuzzier place to identify, but it comes from working and then realizing I'm really good at spreadsheeting, but what I like most about spreadsheeting is understanding the positioning and the price points and the seasons, and now I can go and advise companies on this and create a career on that. A lot of people wait for companies or organizations to train them, guide them. And I think you need to take it upon yourself to be proactive in trying to get as, your hands into as much learning as possible. Yes, so yes. put your hand up and say, yes. you know, the squeaky wheel gets oil. I want training on this as one of these. Obviously, if you want to go do an interior decorating course and you're working as an analyst in a bank, it's probably not going to fit. But <laughs> maybe your goal well, with your manager or your senior director is, this is my end goal in five years. I need to take these five steps, I believe. And, and, and be proactive. And also, there's so much free online stuff as well that's available. It doesn't need to be stamped by a big university Good for point. you to grow mm, yourself. Yeah. Because if sure, you start showing some skills around a boardroom table or meetings, this guy, this lady is being a little bit more proactive. And I think that the, the, a lot of times people don't show enough proactiveness themselves. I don't have opportunity. Mm. Have you spoken to your current manager about this? No. Why not? If they don't know that you don't think you have an opportunity, they're not going to do anything about it. They think you have. Let's move and we've got a couple more questions okay. as well. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Desmond. I know I had a passion for radio, but fortunately, my relatives discouraged me not to pursue the career yeah. in the radio industry. But I ended up studying IT <laughs> and I'm struggling to get work. At. Okay, so you've got a passion for radio. Yes. You have a, a relative or relatives that are discouraging you from following your passion. Yes. And now you're studying IT or you have studied IT. And you're I've, I've stu studied IT. And you're struggling to find work. Yes. And at the moment, I'm not Lisa, this ready. is your, your domain. Firstly, if I just want to say I'm sorry that your relative allowed social idealism to put you off from what could have been your career. Yes. And maybe you need to work hard in a job to show that you're supporting, earning, doing what you need to do in order to then try your passions, your radio on the side. There are many radio stations where you can volunteer your time. Currently, seeing as you're not working, the one thing you've got is time. So you can use that to go and volunteer to a couple of radio stations to start to just see if this is something that you want to do. In terms of getting the job and getting IT, you're in the right gender, the right, the right race, the right category, and the right industry. You'll want soon, my man, I'm sure. It's, I mean, there, and there's some great big recruiters here, but do, if you've got the time now, use it to do and explore what your passions are. So, so take me, for example. What would I love to do? I, I want to become a lecturer one day, but I can't stop my current business because, firstly, I, I don't have the credibility to be a lecturer just yet. I still need further master's and PhD. But what I'm doing now is I'm starting to volunteer my time as a guest lecturer to build that portfolio up. Love that. And that's what people need to do. They need to run them in parallel. So if you're wanting to diverse this way, it's not feasible sometimes to just stop. <laughs> We'd all love to, but you can't. 
So start working, to your point, around the radio, volunteer time. You're getting experience. <laughs> you're getting credibility because you can say after a year, I've done this amount of radio time. You also have to think about this in, in terms of timing and which one gets accelerated when. Because it might be stuff that you really want to do goes through a slower growth curve because you do have to continue with the job and pay the bills and you know, maintain your responsibilities. So there is a matter of pacing and understanding that it's about patience. Patience, like patience, I like, I like our most favorite word of all time. You know, not we easy to, to not, swallow. Not easy to swallow. We live in <laughs> such an instant gratification society and life. Patience in your career. It's a tricky one because on the one hand, we're saying you do have to be patient and you have this job building your career and your portfolio of skills on the other hand. And I think it is, it's not about either or. It's about doing the same thing. Sometimes we can become very sort of channel mind thinking, I'm in a job that I don't like and I'm hating it. I want to stop this and now I'll find my passions and my career. As you said, not, never really a good strategy. It's about running things multiple, having multiple options, multiple streams, multiple things that are going on for you. But patience in a career or patience in a job, to me, is never, have to be careful about saying this, a good strategy. I see too many people who are sitting waiting for something to happen. So they're not actually driving their careers. They're not actually motivating. They're not putting their hands up asking for skills. They're not looking at things. They're waiting for HR to phone them to say, you've got a promotion. Or they're waiting for a recruiter to say, come and work at a better company. So to me, patience in a career is a, a kind of a word that I'm not really comfortable with. I think action in a career is better. And also, if you're not happy in your career, having patience isn't a strategy that's going to make it get better. You have to make it get better. Love so, it. so let's bring the two worlds together. Action-filled patience. Yes. Action-filled patience. Are yes. we happy with that? Action but don't patience. jump ship too soon either because don't underestimate the experience you gain. So some people yeah. jump ship too soon. I, I don't cool. like my manager. That's a great point. Ship. Stick it out. Work through it. You know, mm. Confront the issues. Don't jump ship too soon. Absolutely. You've got to work through the difficult times. You've got to learn and develop the muscle of developing people skills or dealing with whatever issues people do face. And we all face them at work. So it's not chip too soon. You're absolutely right. Well, Flubi, thank you for not jumping ship on the, the show. Thank you for your patience I'm not me. going anywhere, friend. <laughs> um, let's just quickly ask then the question to all of you. How many of you are impatient in your career? You, you've realized the penny's dropped. I'm being impatient. We'll take that then as everyone, because again, <laughs> you know, we're, we're all guilty of it. Um, hi, my name is Shalei. I'm one of those females that's still stuck on the that's monster right. hamster wheel that keeps corporates running. We know our talents, we know our skills, we know our strengths, but just breaking that glass ceiling is, is just not happening mm. because a lot of the corporates are still not hiring for talent. They're still hiring for skills. skills. Correct. I, I think I share your frustration. There are definitely times where I felt that in my career, whether, you know, it's about the skill, it's less about the talent. But I don't think there's a silver bullet answer to that challenge. I don't want to throw around consulting words, but it's about organization culture. And I think it's important to find that organization culture where you fit in and where there aren't as many glass ceilings. I think there's always glass ceilings, but where the glass ceilings are more or less acceptable most. I just want to say, I think that's another whole podcast, is break, women breaking through the glass. We've had that I mean, conversation. That's a really big thing. But yeah. I want to encourage you to keep pushing and agitating that glass ceiling. You have every reason and every right to be able to use your talents and bring them forth. So if the glass ceiling isn't moving, just keep pushing at it. I really think we need more women who are prepared to do that. And you've, you know what your talents are. You're 50% ahead of where a lot of people are in terms of what they need to do with their career. So I think just keep, keep pushing, keep prodding. We literally have two minutes. Last so just... sentence from a wonderful panel. Let's yeah. start with Kaplina. 
So I think in closing, there's, there's a poem that I once read uh, okay. by Khalil Gibran, and he said, uh, work is love made visible. Love that. Yeah. So I, that for me is what stays with me every day. Uh, what I love might change over time, but for me it's important every day to be loving what I'm doing. And I've, I'm one of those fortunate people I haven't loved every day, but in the 14 years, I think you can def- I definitely feel that majority of that time has been spent loving what I do. So find that for yourselves. Very nice. So, so I want to end off with a quote. Zig Ziglar said, Your input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output. And your output determines your future. And it wow. comes back to being proactive and taking career into your own hands and looking to where you want to be one day and what's going to get you up every morning. And it's a journey. And you've got to enjoy that journey as well. That's, nice. that's how oh, very nice. Love that. Love that. So I'm also going to end with a quote, and it's Simon Sinek's quote that says, having a career we love is a right, not a privilege. And if you're not there yet, keep moving towards it, and it'll come to you. Don't accept the scraps of a career, and don't accept the leftovers. Strive to having a career that you love, because it's right, it's not a privilege. Very nice. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. You're not going to get away with it, Ruby. There's always something you have... Some value you have to add, go. He does this on Radio Plenty Future CEOs every Thursday from 2 to 3, and this is what happens at the end of every single show. So, my thoughts on wrapping it up, it's a journey. I have to believe that. I have to enjoy the ride, and I love the fact that it's a checkerboard. It's about lateral thinking and using my own artistic energy to leave a, a really great imprint on the world. That's what I want my career to be about. Very nice. Here's my final word to all of you. It's your responsibility. No one's going to give it to you. Take it. Take okay, it. so ladies and gentlemen, that was our career path panel discussion with La, a career strategist, Roy Clark from Clark House Human Capital, and Kalpina from Accenture. Thank you so much. Did you enjoy it? Yes. This Future CEO's conversation is brought to you by Careers24. Careers24.com. Get a career you can be proud of. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com.